Trey Harris could be Ole Miss's most effective wide receiver since A.J. Brown. Yeah, I said it, and I'll tell you what I mean. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in, and I hope everybody enjoys their weekend. I do want to let you know right now that we have started a Discord server that you can join. We have open enrollment happening now. What's going to happen is we're going to do this during the season in our Twitter spaces and stuff besides this podcast and the stuff that appears on this channel will appear on that Discord server as well. So enroll there. It'll be open during the month of August. Once it hits September, we'll close it down and it will be invite only. So it'll be a very exclusive thing and a private message board. If you want an opportunity to be a part of it, you can just go and enroll at the Discord server. We're already up to like 50 people in two days. So I'm pretty impressed by that. So Trey Harris has a chance to be the most effective um, wide receiver in Ole Miss's offense since A.J. Brown. And yes, I realize that Elijah Moore went to school here and went to school here recently and in the Lane Kiffin offense. I get all of that. But all of the big play potential, all of the difficult catches, all of the attention that defensive secondaries are going to provide is probably going to be shifted towards him. This is a player that performed admirably last season. If you look at his um, zones here, he lined up predominantly on the left side. Anything under 10 yards, he was dang near automatic. You look at his NFL ratings for in each zone, the middle of the field, that center-center zone, that middle-middle zone that we were talking that Jackson Dart needs to work on. He did very well there. You can see where he did some mesh concept stuff, playing in kind of an air raid offense for Louisiana Tech last year, even his deep passes. He was 6 of 10, 143 passing rating. This is a tremendously gifted wide receiver, and I don't think I've talked about him enough. And that is mainly because he either got overshadowed by the prospect of Chris Marshall coming in. And whenever he left, all of a sudden it was Zarkari Franklin, and he became the headline getter. But Trey Harris has been here throughout. Now, I will say this. During spring, I think he had a hamstring issue and couldn't necessarily get on the field. And that is a problem, and that is something we need to deal with, especially after what we dealt with with Jalen Robinson last year. Transfer receivers can be kind of weird like that. But I do think that Trey Harris is near 100% or 100% now. He's going to get in the field in fall camp. If he can stay healthy and get rolling, he has a chance for a pretty special season. Now, the difference between spring training and fall camp is in fall camp, there's games coming soon. There's something you can push forward to. Spring training is difficult. Spring training is hard. Fall camp... It's, diff it's difficult and hard, but in a completely different way because there's absolutely a light at the end of the tunnel. His contested catch ability will be one thing that Ole Miss fans really need to look at. Now, this wide receiver room is not just Trey Harris, although I love Trey Harris as a receiver. And I think, like I said, I think he has a chance to be the most effective receiver in Ole Miss's offense 
since A.J. Brown. And when A.J. Brown was at Ole Miss, he had D.K. Metcalf to take a little bit of tension off of him. And Ole Miss is going to have Zachary Franklin. And he is a transfer from UTSA. And he made a little bit of news, not necessarily he made a little bit of news, but I guess inside the fan base, a little bit of news was made recently as they were, people were panicking because he wasn't on the roster. And it kind of, the inflection went up like, oh, we're worried about that. Oh my goodness. And just like I told you guys yesterday, um, and, and I recorded that show before this information came out, that the people that actually matter and the people that I listen to, nobody, not much noise was coming out from them. And so I was like, okay, I, I think we'll just sit back and wait. It was real similar to the Sean Gaddy situation. So he made it into the roster yesterday. Here we go. This is him. He's going to wear number five. I, I like that lineup, like him in between Santeri and Perkins and John Saunders. There's, there's going to be a lot of ball played between number four and number five because the other number four is Quinshawn Judkins. So, I mean, there's, there's going to be a lot of ball played from there. But Zachary Franklin, in his zones, if you looked on the other one, he was a Trey Harris was predominantly an outside left receiver. This one you look at, it, he's predominantly an outside right receiver. This is a matching pair of wide receivers that go together. If you look at his short passes, if you look at him over the middle of the field, again, he's a contested catch maker. He is really almost dominant in the middle of the field, and I can't imagine that Ole Miss is – not going to use this um, in the season this season. Now, you have a person that is good at going to get deep balls, and he is good down the field. Now, if you look at Zachary Franklin, he's a short to intermediate wide receiver. He's a complimentary piece. And you add that with the tight ends, Caden Priestcorn and Michael Trigg and even Jordan Watkins, and you can see how they can attack defenses each play in zones. And what I talk about that is one of the receivers – will come in under 10 yards, another one over 10 yards, and one going deep. So you're hitting at three levels, attacking the defense, forcing them to spread out like an accordion, and giving yourself a little bit more space. Zachary Franklin and, Franklin and Trey Harris complement each other in such a way that we just didn't have last year. And I really like Jonathan Mingo. I think he did a ton of stuff for Ole Miss's offense last year. I don't think we can thank Jonathan Mingo enough for what he did. Malik Heath did a fantastic job as well, but they weren't necessarily complimentary pieces on the outside. Not No fault of theirs. It just stylistically, it didn't match up. And we had issues at tight end, and there was other things in the past game that forced Ole Miss to be such a dominant running team last season. And they were a dominant running team. They were the top rushing team that wasn't a service academy in the country. And those guys run the wishbone anyway. So number three in the nation running the football. And I think they're going to run the ball pretty heftily this year too. I do think the offense has a chance to take a step forward because of the passing game. Because you're going to have Trey Harris as that true legitimate deep threat that Ole Miss's offense has not had. Probably since Elijah Moore and he was in the middle of the field. A.J. Brown was in the middle of the field. Maybe since D.K. Metcalf was the last time you had a legitimate down-the-field possibility at wide receiver. And especially as an outside guy, uh, that should be really interesting to see what happens. 
Now, I don't want to discount like Caden Lee and Jordan Watkins and J.J. Henry and those guys in the middle of the field. Because J.J. Henry, let's not forget, last year this time he was an afterthought. By the end of spring or the end of fall camp, he was getting ready to play in the first game. Now, he probably fell victim a little bit to that quarterback controversy or charade or however you want to phrase it. And a couple of drop touchdown passes, he ended up kind of drifting back and letting Jordan Watkins take the step up into the slot position. But he's somebody that can make plays. And I expect J.J. Henry to make plays. I expect Caden Lee to flash. I think Jordan Watkins is going to be the starter in that room at slot as a wide receiver. I do think some 12 personnel will be used this year. And by 12 personnel, I mean one back, two tight ends. But you can run it in the same formation that you're pretty, pretty well known for doing. You don't have to change your offense to do that. It's just a way to affect matchups to where it's either Jordan Watkins or Michael Trigg over there lining up over a defender. And you can use him similar to a Brock Bowers type player to make the offense look a little bit different, do some things a little bit differently than they normally do to make the defense have to prepare for it. I'm genuinely excited about this pass-catching unit at Ole Miss. And I'm excited about most everything anyway. I understand that. I get that. But I am genuinely excited about what they can do outside. Because remember, all of this comes from the fact that the best player in college football potentially, and definitely probably the best running back in college football, is lining up in the backfield to where every eye on that defense is going to be looking at him and trying to figure out how to stop him. Whenever they play Ole Miss, everybody, I don't care if Alabama or Georgia is playing Ole Miss that weekend, their number one defensive priority is going to be stop number four. Number four is not going to beat us. And that means it's going to be there for players like Trey Harris, plays like Zachary Franklin, Michael Trigg, Jordan Watkins, Caden Priestcorn, those guys. There's a chance for them to make a serious game-changing type impact every single Saturday because of the talent that's in the backfield with Quinshawn. All that, all that is there, Jackson Dart has to utilize the talent on the field. And I'm going to say Jackson Dart because until I hear otherwise, I'm just going to assume he's going to be the quarterback. I've, I've heard too many different things this summer to not dis, to discount it. Spencer Sanders could make a run and could absolutely take over by Mercer. But right now, I kind of am where I am. When we come back, we're going to talk about some special visitors that have popped up on the list for Juice Fest. Should be really interesting. You can stick around and hear about that. But first, I do want to let you know that this show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs can help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. So it's just like everything else. You go into LinkedIn, create a profile. We are all familiar with creating profiles. We've done it on Facebook, on Twitter. It's all about creating profiles. Well, this adds a different step because you can go to your job and add a pur purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile and spread the word that you're in fact hiring. 
It's got simple tools like screening questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, Brian Smith will be on here talking about Camarion Franklin, Jacoby Hobson, um, even maybe a little bit of Norreal White. We'll talk about that as well. But he'll be on the show talking about that. We also have somebody from CBS Sports online coming on, and we have Tom Vanderford on Sunday um, for his normal spot. It's going to be kind of a slow weekend, as this is the last Friday that we will have, the last weekend where college football is not going to dominate my life will be this weekend. So I'm not saying I'm going to take it easy. I'm saying that it might be a little bit lighter and I might not be around as much as I normally would. That's what I'm saying. But we'll see what's going on. Now, I do want to say this. Ole Miss got news that potentially Nareel White was coming to Oxford. And I think on three, yeah, Zach Barry reported that. Arkansas wide receiver commit Nareel White to visit Ole Miss for Juice Fest 2023. Okay, the first thing I want to say is the fact that they put this out. If Nareel White shows up in Oxford, that is a major league coup, okay? Because the fact that this got put out at all means that the whole time right now, as we speak, as you are reading this, he is getting the full court press from the coaching staff at Arkansas, from the probably NIL collective in Arkansas, to not take that visit, do not go there, because they know what this means as much as we do. And if you look at the highlights of Nareel White, okay, he has a chance to be a really, really special wide receiver. He's a prototypical slot receiver, and I think he'd do a lot of damage in this offense. Think, honestly, Elijah Moore. He's probably not as phone book quick because not, hardly anybody is that quick, but he does play the position in a similar way and could be quite effective doing it as well. I, I, I think that... Nareel White has a chance to be a star in Oxford if he decides to switch to Ole Miss. He is the receiver that is still on the board. I think J.J. Harrell, that's done. He's going to Starkville. I think Braylon Burnside, there's no way that Mississippi State was going to let another player out of Starkville go to Ole Miss. It, it just wasn't going to happen. If they had to pay $700 million, they would have prevented that to happen because their ego couldn't have taken it happen a third time. And those two players, wide receiver-wise in the state, you're like, okay, what's left? And what's left is Nareel White. And Nareel White at slot receiver, he is, he is wanted by Ole Miss. He's been wanted the whole time by Ole Miss. So we'll see if he makes it to Juice Fest. This is going to be a very important weekend for Ole Miss recruiting with wide receivers. I already think this recruiting class that Ole Miss has built for 2024 is one of the best defensive line classes that Ole Miss has signed this century. 
since I've been paying attention to it since 2000, not many have gotten to this level. Okay? It's probably the best class that I can think of coming in. Now, they haven't done it on the field yet since like Parade Jerry and Greg Hardy and Marcus Tillman and those guys patrolled in the mid-2000s. But Jeffrey Rush, Cameron Beavers, Maurice Davis, um, William Eccles. You got some guys that have the potential to make some noise recruiting. So defensive line-wise, this is a big deal. Now, this is the one thing that people need to remember about Pete Golding, okay, and Pete Golding's defense. What makes Alabama and Georgia's defense better than everybody else? And everybody's going to say, well, they have five stars all over the field. Well, that's fine. I, I, I get that they're good players. But what schematically makes them hard to deal with? They take those good players interior. They're going to take a defensive line, interior defensive line, and completely beat you down to where you have to spend two blockers to block the three technique and the nose guard, leaving one-on-ones for their five stars on the edge. And that is the reason they can basically work through everything that you want to do. It is easy for the secondary to cover the wide receivers because you only have to cover them for 1.5 seconds as opposed to 2.5. The quarterback's thought process, they have to be able to process information quickly because you are going to be outmanned on the outside. So if you can't do that, all of a sudden you're going to have a problem. If they hold on to the ball, you're going to have a problem. It's going to be difficult to run the ball between the tackles because of that same reason. You're going to have to have a running back that can break tackles, which Quinshawn Judkins can do. Averaged over three yards after contact last year. This is important stuff to know whenever we're recruiting the defense that we are. Right now, they are focusing heavily on the defensive line, and they should. And with Camarion Franklin still out there, it has a chance to get even better. But understand the defensive line-wise and the thought process that they're putting into this. They're kind of insiding out recruiting right now for Ole Miss football. All right, there's another name that we need to bring up real quick before we get to the mailbag. His name is Jacoby Hobson. He is a defensive player, I think, from Lake Cormorant with Camarion Franklin. He's going with Camarion Franklin, who is at Oxford. I probably yesterday was he in Auburn. I forget because of the time frame, but he was going to Auburn. Now he's Camarion Franklin's coming to Ole Miss. And I think this weekend he's supposed to be at College Station. So he's going to make the rounds. But Juice Fest has a chance to be very important for him. They're building defensive players. Remember, Santarian Perkins is still around that program, and he has a chance to really pop off the page in a similar way that, heck, potentially P. Willie did. I'm not saying he's going to have that kind of a career. I'm saying he could pop off and make that big of an impact for this defense. We, we're not 100% sure. We need to see what Pete Golding is going to run out there for the first time. And that is going to be the important part that you just need to pay attention to. But Juice Fest has a chance to be a whole lot of fun. There's a lot of surprise visitors, apparently, that are popping up after the final list was given out, like Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, more names keep getting added to it. People starting to get a little bit of FOMO about it. 
and Juice Fest is going to be a good time for everybody involved. I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is the perfect fit. It is the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage. Look for the green check mark and know that the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay's guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions apply. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Ole Miss, every day. It's a lifestyle. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. And we're going to get in and do a little bit of viewer mail. Some questions are going around and bouncing around the fan base. And I've been doing viewer mail for probably four shows, The like this countdown to camp that we're going on until like next Tuesday. Um, we're taking questions that people might have about camp and what they're wondering about and something they want to hear about. All you have to do is put hashtag loom, L-O-O-M, into the YouTube comments or the Twitter, um, into Twitter or Facebook or even on our Discord server. If you do that and the question is good enough, it has a chance to maybe make the show. And we do have a couple of questions that we're going to talk about today. And a lot of it is related to like the wide receiver room. And we also have this, and this is from M-A-A-L. I don't know how exactly to pronounce that. Maybe it's Maul. Which notable offensive and defensive transfer doesn't start and does that affect team chemistry or does the bag satisfy their morale? Okay. This is actually a good question because everybody has this situation with the transfer portal and NIL. Now, the number one person that you think it might affect is Spencer Sanders. He's one of the most well-paid players on the team. If he loses this job, will the bag be enough to satisfy him? Or will he transfer away and go to, like, drop down a level? It's Abilene Quit Christian or something like that. That I don't know. I don't think that somebody making a ton of money and not playing with no chance that that money is going to go away because these players are not freshmen. They don't have five years of eligibility. In some cases, they only have one or maybe two. I I don't know if that is an issue that we should count on. And we also probably, if they don't play and they're making that much money, Shouldn't we hope they transfer at that point? This is an interesting question. As we go through this NIL space, this is stuff that we're going to have to work through and we're going to have to figure out. Yet the question is, if Spencer Sanders loses the job to Jackson Dart, say Jackson Dart's the quarterback, Jackson Dart has an amazing Matt Corral-type year, 
Spencer Sanders is only used for spot duty. Is that NIL money enough to keep him happy? I mean, that is the question. Does he transfer away to, so he can play a year and get ready for his NFL potential career? I don't, I, I don't know. I can't answer that question. It, it's going to be a really interesting situation, honestly. All right, next question up is from Discord. Brandon would like to know the injury status of Zakari Franklin. What is the injury? And when will he be able to return? How will it impact who starts at wide receiver? And this is legit questions. First of all, thanks to HIPAA and the way people keep things close to the vest, it's guessing at this point. From what I hear, it's, even if he needs surgery, it would be something like cleaning up his knee or something like that. It, it would not be a serious deal. It's like whenever you go in and have your knee scoped, that's the way it was, what, 10, 15 years ago? Um, I think that is the situation that would happen. I don't know if it's happened already, and it may, I've heard stories and rumors that it might have happened already, which would speed up the timeline for recovery. I don't think they're going to wait until camp starts to do the surgery. I think if he's in school and he's clear and everything's ready to go, I think that's already happened. They want, they want to get him on the field as soon as possible. But as he recovers and gets ready to go and working back up to fitness, for lack of a better word, will be an interesting situation. Now, how does it affect other wide receivers? I think Aiden Williams has a chance to be a dude. I just do. I saw him in person at the Under Armour game. He's one of the best guys on the field. One of the smoothest route runners, good hands, all of this. Aiden Williams has a chance to be really, really good. And we forget about that with these transfers that are coming in. Like I said, I think Trey Harris has a chance to be the alpha dog in that room. But Zachary Franklin's health, I think he needs to be 100% ready to go and completely integrated into the offense before the Alabama game. So the Alabama game is the first normal game. So by Georgia Tech, he needs to be playing. If he is playing in that Georgia Tech game and he is ready to go by the time Alabama gets on the schedule, I think this is a different animal because there's so many weapons that Ole Miss can hit you with at wide receiver and at tight end and at running back. And if Jackson Dart can distribute it consistently to his weapons, this team has a chance to be really, really good offensively. I don't think, I don't think people understand that. It has a chance to be really, really good. And honestly, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, you've got the hotter than the surface Suns game against Mercer and Tulane because both of those are going to be crazy hot. If it has alcohol in it, it is not hydrating people. Drink plenty of water. And then you have Georgia Tech at home. That's a night game. That's a little bit of a reprieve. Then you've got Alabama, which has a chance for 230 CBS. Then you have LSU which has a chance to be 2.30 CBS. And then you know exactly what you will have. After that LSU game, you will know exactly where your expectations need to be. Because right now, it's all potential. Let me tell you, this team has as much potential as any team that has come through Ole Miss. Period. This team's potential is win the West. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to get there. But this team's potential is there. They have that kind of talent. 
There's more talent on this Ole Miss roster than at any time in my lifetime. You, they need Ulysses Bentley to stay healthy. They need Kedra Criscano to show up. Those are two questions right there. But when you look at the total talent of this offense, if you look at the secondary, it's a three deep of players that played FBS football last year. Not just sat the bench, played. At linebacker, you've got a two deep of people that have played a ton of football plus a five-star plus linebacker. On the defensive line, you have a two deep that played a ton of football last year. Not sat on the bench, played. So this defense has a chance to be really, really good. Offensively, the same thing. You quietly returned four out of five offensive line players, and you brought in two players that were all-conference players from other teams. You've improved the outlook of your offensive line. This team has a chance to be pretty good, period. All right, before I get out of here, I do want to let you know one more time. We're doing a limited-time open enrollment for our Discord channel. The link is down in the description. So if you look at there, go to our Discord channel and join, because at the end of August, we are not going to be open enrolling anymore. At that point, it is going to become a true private message board. So if that interests you, you can join there see what's going on. We're having fun right now, but it's a lot of new people coming in. At the moment, we've, we've hit 50 in two days or something like that. And it's kind, of a, it's kind of a big deal. It's kind of important. I'm enjoying it very much. So just to let you know, thank you very much for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. And we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Every dayers. Brian Smith is coming up. Tom Vanderford's coming up. We have a reporter coming on from CBS Sports. I don't want to butcher his name, and so I'm not going to say it at the moment, but um, we're going to learn that by, what is it, Sunday or Saturday, whenever he comes on the air. So we'll see exactly what happens with that. So thank you very much. I hope everybody enjoys their weekend. This is the last Friday and the last weekend without college football in our lives for the foreseeable future. And that is a great feeling. I'll see you later. Hotty toddy.